0: I've told stories many times of several trees I loved to climb as a little girl. One, a cherry tree in a beautiful vacant lot proximate to our home, and one, a beautiful willow tree, very beloved at our family's cottage. <clears throat> Both trees had broad trunks which allowed me to find my way up them. But not by myself. I knew where to perch in the sort of shadow of the leaves of the willow as it curved out toward the lake and had a shelf where I could sit as a very little girl. I knew in the cherry tree how to sit at the very top edge of the Y on the broader branch, branching out at the Y. How did I know this? Well, because however God dwelled within my father and his father before him and his father before him, the contemplation of their lives allowed me the contemplation of mine sitting as a young girl in those two trees and in the 70th year of my life here as we share this contemplation. We are aspiring contemplatively. We are turning, aspiring, turning toward our spirits, yours and mine, two individuals, or a couple and myself, members of my family, humanity. We are turning toward where our spirits are guiding us. Our spirits, the breath of our life within our souls embodied. We are spiritually aligning ourselves to the next breath and the next and the next. Into the future, for the sake of your life and mine, each breath you or I are privileged to embody this most mysterious quality Called life. We are facing eternity toward the future from eternity behind us. We could sit and speak with astrophysicists, scholars of yoga, we could speak with medical people, and yet mysteriously, not one human being will know exactly what will happen in his or her or your or my next breath and next breath and next breath. So I would like us in this retreat, this winter retreat of 2023, to be present with contemplation, being with, in time, philosophy, great heart, a virtuous alignment forward from this present breath and moment. First, giving thanks and reverence to the ancestors who have gone before you and me and all other human beings and all other creatures of life and all of creation. What has gone before us that might allow me as a little girl to climb beside my father I remember the day he climbed the willow tree to show me how here, Betsy, we could climb this way and you could sit probably right here. And then he had me climb up next and climb by myself with him watching over me. Before that, he always was below me, letting me, helping me up the tree until he could almost lift me up. But this day, I had to climb up with him. He didn't tell me ahead of time this is what we're going to do. He just climbed the tree. Here, Betsy, look, this way. This way, kind of diagonally toward the boathouse and then diagonally back, almost the way you ski down a hill when you go back and forth, crossing the fall line, coming down a mountain or a hill. So we climbed the fall line up the willow tree, the little three to four-year-old girl and her father. And he had me sit beside him, and <clears throat> he had me closer to the lake. And then he had me practice, climbing by myself. And he considered that I could safely climb that tree and contemplate with him, which we are doing today, in my Father's honor, and yours, and yours, and yours, and yours, and yours. And yours, and yours. Mother is just as revered. My mother would entrust to my father his manner of teaching me about the outer world. And I am a most fortunate woman in the contemplative beauty I have shared with the virtues of my mother and father. May God rest their souls. So this quality lives on in my soul, my mind, my character, my emotions, my physical body. So much so that we have two willow trees planted here in North Texas, which are great companions to all of us and are resonant for me with that great blessing from my father through that one willow tree so many years ago. So what happens in the mystic is he or she, and I use that word intentionally, he or she, because all of us are mystics, all of us are a soul in the mystery between God and self. And so why do we not know to dwell safely in that place? Well, because we're taught not to. Or we experience something that shows us it's not safe to enter that place within ourselves and then out into our public lives. And so we don't. And then we trade insults and blows, thought by thought, word by word, feeling by feeling, gesture by gesture. Until two or more more are gathered in the name of heaven, of God, of Jesus, of Muhammad, peace and blessing be upon him, or Muhammad's milk mother or daughter, or the Buddha's mother or father, and horse Karnataka, an elder servant who cared for him, and prostitute who offered him a place to live because he was homeless, And we think, how are they joined? Through compassion, through the contemplation of one person recognizing the Buddha is cold and hungry. He is suffering. Perhaps he might rest there in that house which I own. Which he did for one month or some stories say two to three months. The owner of the house was tremendously criticized for that gesture. Who did she think she was? She was a prostitute. What a horrible person to think that a holy man should live in her home. And the Buddha was deeply criticized. His attendant was deeply criticized for accepting and staying quietly by themselves in the home, not with the prostitute, by themselves in the home, resting, healing, not homeless for that period of time, historically. So when we turn back to our ancestors, we tend to turn back to the aspects of the stories we're told where they conquered something or they suffered loss through someone. And we tend to trade our stories with one another based upon conquests and losses. So let us begin by contemplating at this time of the new year, eternity behind us. May the blessings which have come to all of our ancestors bless us and bless everyone. Then in the next breath, allow the very center of the spiritual heart in the chest to move toward a fulfillment of that breath so that you are also Buddha-like. You are also, as someone who might have brought a warm cloak to place upon Jesus or his mother Mary or other members of his family or of your family or of my family breath to breath the blessing of your heart meaning the blessing of mine oh you are so blessed with a warm blanket you have two and you're sharing one with me thank you so much You are not blessed with a blanket. You are cold, and so am I. But we are blessed to be breathing and alive. Here I have a piece of fruit. Would you like to share it with me? Then the creation of that fruit, or of the fibers that form the fabric of those two blankets, come from the same mystery that you and I are born of. And we begin to find our pathway homeward, heavenward, in the great fullness of the void where the mystic lives and is happy, is deeply, ecstatically, humbly content. God somehow allows our figures who study this capacity to remember some seed of home. They don't remember all of home. Maybe some great soul does. We would have to ask him or her. Lao Tzu, do you remember all of heaven? Confucius. Guru What do you know of heaven? And in the relationship between the founders of our world's faiths, we start to find the weaving of heaven on earth. The gifts of one faith, such as the Sikh tradition, and another faith, such as the Jain tradition. So if I should be privileged to sit at a conference, with several Jain women beautifully dressed in white and soft saffron-colored clothing, with the sheerest of nets masking their nose and mouth so that no insects would be breathed in and killed as they attended the conference lectures and gave their own lectures. And I remember the mood wafting through It was largely a female audience because of the topic one of the women was offering. The mood that wafted through the women of what it was to be around such a deep aspiration, breath forward toward the future beyond violence. The woman simply wishing for all creatures that we might remember a place we come from where nothing is being killed, nothing is killing, what is being born of that? The woman, the man, the wild animal, the tree. She was so perfectly studying that veil, unveiling it, remember? Remember before you were conceived and born? You, that aspiration of God, now manifest here in her lecture. This was in Cape Town, South Africa. And again, I experienced this in India, in Pennsylvania, at the United Nations. Oh, yes. That direction toward eternity beyond receiving or giving violence. Oh, yes. Such an aspiration. Her breath, every aspect of her spiritual and human posture, turned heavenward. If we turn heavenward in the other direction of eternity toward the past, her ancestry would move through her with all of the travails and blessings anyone of her family history would have experienced. So she would have been a fulfillment of the prayers, the successes, the daily gestures of life force, and the sins or losses of her father and mother, and theirs, and theirs, and theirs, and theirs. And so when we face the past toward the present moment and we look toward the future, the causation of our karmas or our um, accomplished fruits, both good and rotten or positive and affirming and frightening and filled with loss and despair, they come up, they rise up to meet us. Oh yes, my father and uncles from World War II and yours, but we're on different sides of the armies. How dare you talk to me? How dare I talk to you? Who do you think you are? Who do you think I am? And we start fighting over what we cannot adequately remember of the aspirations of our fathers, yours and mine, and our mothers, yours and mine. Our next breath is to allow their aspirations to be such a living prayer of contemplation that we look toward eternity in one another and find the way in which that veil opens beyond all violence, in honor of my Jain colleagues and my colleagues of this faith and that culture, this country, this color of eye and hair and skin of the human race, oh, all of our ancestors, imperfect and yet aspiring. How did we lose the direction? to which they were pointing us when they crafted Notre Dame or the Blue Mosque of Istanbul, or a beautiful sailing ship, or the paintings of the olive trees and willow trees of Monet as he would hear the gunfire during World War I, his only living son somewhere out there, fighting people with whom he might have shared a café creme, sitting in a public square anywhere in Europe two years later. What were we thinking? We stop to harm one another when we cannot remember that Great One, God, Father, Mother. Beyond our capacity to name exists the home of that God. And that home should be aspired to in you, in me, in a coming baby, in a past great soul in a neighbor, that the direction your ancestors were facing and the direction my ancestors were facing would succeed together in you and me. There's no reason whatsoever for that not to happen, every breath. That is the work of the mystic, that prayer and that practice. Let us begin this retreat by attenuating ourselves in the direction of eternity so that during the retreat to the best of one's ability you pray and practice each breath that aspiration. Then what begins to happen is from heaven God begins to answer your heart of hearts and your breath becomes slightly astonished it's the seed of ecstasy you go you, you'll understand it when you feel it oh, I know that it is always safe to have that live within you that seed of God and then if that same seed the same type of seed comes from heaven to me and I receive it through my prayer and practice, then when we face one another, beyond all weapons, is home in you, in me, and that is the direction for the future of the human civilization. Let us pray and practice.